first thing I want to say to you all is um, something about how to become aware of shifts in your life. I spent a lot of time amongst humans over decades who seem to be utterly oblivious to the presence of a shift in their life that is trying to get their attention, that is imminent often, and they lack enough self-awareness, general awareness, um, lack enough um, connection with themselves to interpret rightly a lot of these things that happen that are foreigners to a shift. And one of the reasons why we don't understand the nature of a shift warning is because they often come framed and feel negative. And coming from a church background, like I did, and many of you have, um, we were taught to be suspicious of negative emotions and thoughts, and we were taught to fix them and get free of them and have more faith and pray more and do more and shabba do more, whatever we were taught to do. <laughs> and we did all that and nothing freaking worked. So I think I have revised my whole approach to all of that years ago now to learn to pay attention. I want you guys to learn to pay attention. And oh, there's been a lot of this happened in the pandemic, by the way, to fundamental shifts that are taking place inside us. And what it will take the form of is an ongoing sense of internal dissonance and disturbance and discomfort and a disruption, a sense of plateauing in your life, a sense of feeling unfulfilled in things that you were previously fulfilled in, a sense of boredom even and disinterest, all things that when I felt them, I was advised to take a sabbatical because it was burnout. <laughs> and you take a sabbatical and you come back and it's all still there. And so I've learned to pay attention to this. And I'm just saying this up front because these things have been part of my life for the last two years or so. And I began to realize again, they were the beginning of a shift that I was supposed to be making of which this today is the culmination of other things as well, but certainly this today is part of what was central to the activity in my soul, in my heart, in the last, I think, two or three years probably. And so I want to say to you all, whenever you go through any prolonged mental, emotional discomfort in any area of your life, it is trying to get your attention. It isn't to be concreted over and shouted down, medicated or ignored, or distracted away or avoided. It is your soul trying to say to you, hey, something exciting is up ahead, even if what you feel is not exciting and seems to have no bearing on a good outcome. So we don't pay attention to it. We just try to get rid of it because we are raised, certainly in the West, in a society that is addicted to happiness Anything that doesn't feel like happiness must be somehow shoved to the margins and we do things then to get happy again. You will not learn from happy feelings and positive emotions anywhere near what you will learn from negative stuff. We do not learn in comfort. We learn in discomfort. And so that's what I'm describing here has been going on for me 
for the last couple of years, many of you too, because you tell me about it, and I'm just encouraging you to pay attention to it and um, interpret it well, because it's all leading to some kind of shift in your life, in some area of your life. So I've been feeling this that I'm describing to you now for a couple of years at least. As I've been saying on social media recently, I feel that social media has become um, more rented space. It always has been, but I've become more aware of the nature of social media being rented space, not owned space. I feel that the social media owners and landlords have been more than ever letting us all know that we have zero control over that space and we're constantly bombarded with reminders about that in all the forms I've been speaking about recently on social media, the algorithm manipulation that we're all subject to, um, all the spam that goes on, all of the um, fleeting passing nature of social media I don't like. You may pour your heart and soul into a post and it's just scrolled by and lost in the feed, you know, within a few minutes, if not hours. And I get that's the nature of the game. I get that. But I've, I've come to a place where I don't want to pour my best self into an ephemeral, fleeting, temporary-minded, scrolling-minded approach to things that are precious to you when you post things and are important to me. And so I've come into this place where I'm realizing we are living, aren't we, in what's called the attention economy, where everybody is battling more than ever in any generation for your attention. Your attention is the prize. Your attention is the gold that people are after. And this battle for your attention, once captured, once your attention's captured, captured and you don't know when it was, there's no sign that comes up and saying, ah, we got you. You're just, you're just mindlessly scrolling, but whatever you pause on, watch, listen to, engage with, buy, or even talk about, and your phone or Alexa's listening. <laughs> you wonder, how the hell did that advert come up in my phone? I never scrolled it. I didn't, I didn't Google it. No, it won't be long before you even think it and they'll be onto you. So this attention economy, now the people behind all of that are, of course, finding new ways to hack your life and to put in front of you what they think you're interested in because you showed some interest in it. Not only that, but they are driving you in these algorithm, you know, um, puppet mastering of our lives. They are driving us into cul-de-sacs and echo chambers and opinion, public opinion driven agendas that we did not choose. We simply were on our social media, on the internet, on Amazon or whatever. It's all of that that I've become increasingly aware of, like I know you guys have too, that has become a huge frustration, that has become part of this shift I'm describing to you. Now, I've mentioned to you before, if you've tracked with me at all, there's a great uh, Netflix documentary called 
the social dilemma. If you haven't watched it, I'm just recommending it to you again. That's about all of this stuff. I like it because it has been made by people that used to be very high up in Amazon, uh, Google, YouTube, Facebook, and now they've come out of that industry. They're realizing and regretting the damage that they've done to the world. So the kind of real insiders talking openly about the damage they've done in the way we're talking about now. So if you're interested beyond what I'm saying to you now, then that might be worth a watch for you all to, and what that documentary did for me, and this is why sometimes, you know, these, this stuff, podcasts, documentaries, books, this kind of thing we're doing today, it gives you language for what you can't articulate. Your inability to give language to frustration or anger or disappointment um, or whatever it is dissonance you're feeling, when it's unlanguaged, it hides. Whatever you language cannot hide anymore. And the Social Dilemma documentary gave me language for things I couldn't articulate, and I'm a communicator. So for me not to be able to give language to it is a huge frustration, as it is to many of you too, who, you know, for a living or a huge part of your calling and passion is communication. Um, on just tracking with you for what it's worth, I think this has help, been helpful to me, the evolution of where we've come to and why we have come here. I hated history at school because it was taught so badly. History is not an obsession with times and dates and people. That's as boring as. History is fascinating because of one thing only to me, it is cause and effect. What are the causes upstream in history that created the effects downstream we are all dealing with now? That I find fascinating because if we want to change outcomes, we have to create new causes that breed new effects, perhaps generations from now. And there's a lot of that awareness in the world right now, as you all know, with global warming and so on and so on. So let me go back to, I think up to the 1970s, and I'm, I'm, I'm only speaking to a certain age group on here now, I know. But going up to the 1970s, the media, as it was called, media was dominated by just three things. Newspapers, what happened to them? TV and radio. That was really it. Those three um, outlets of media were all that we had to rely on for you know what was going on in the world what that did was as you know it created a fairly simple binary approach to life it was left or right politics it was right or wrong and we all had we were all handed definitions of that morally and idealistically and so on and it was true or false and we were all handed you know the newspapers version TV, radio's version of what was true or false, right or wrong, and so on. Pretty simple. But it got more complicated when we got into the 80s with the arrival of cable and satellite TV. This, of course, overnight um, allowed more media-controlled outlets to be in our homes. And then we got CNN and Fox and Sky 
And looking back, we didn't have this word back then, as you know, but looking back, it was the beginning of what Donald Trump called fake news. <laughs> when we started to have this avalanche of cable satellite um, media outlets. In the 90s was the advent of, you know, nudging 2000, the advent of social media and internet. The big thing here, guys, as you know, was it was zero cost, but huge reach. Zero cost and huge reach was a game-changing cocktail. And then we began to get bombarded, literally, with millions and millions of opinions and ideas and ideologies and alternative realities, often all about the same thing. And it was no longer left or right or right or wrong or true or false. It was millions of shades in between, which by the way, I am all for, I've taught a lot over the years on nuance. I'm a big believer in nuance, that things are not black and white. But as you all know, it is now completely out of control <laughs> with the advent of um, the internet and social media. And that to me brought us into then the 2000s where what we had then was, I think, and I've talked about this quite a bit again over the years recently, we had massive cognitive chaos. We have this now in the world. What I would describe as massive cognitive chaos is happening for humans all over the world because of the advent of this zero cost, huge reach, internet, social media world that we are now in. Now what that's created guys, amongst other things, is it's created the emergence of what's called private members communities, PMCs. Private members communities are not new, but that phrase, that language, I think is relatively new in our sort of digital virtual world vocabulary. Private members communities are where people can go and find their own tribe, their own group that they, you know, predominantly align with. I don't mean in some divisive separatist way. I don't mean that. I don't mean tribalism. When I use the word tribe, I don't mean tribalism or denominationalism. I don't mean those isms. I mean, we find some kind of primary alignment with the point of view someone has and whatever that's about. And we're going to find it in a podcast or a book um, or some online group that we're part of uh, on social media, the church that we attend, uh, the interest groups that we're involved in, or whatever it may be, whether it's conscious or whether it is subconscious, we are all gravitating towards trying to get free of our cognitive chaos, and we're trying to find some peace. And that peace is found when you find like-minded people in the world. And there's never been a better time for that, by the way, for better or for worse, I know. And private members' communities have been created by fake news. And our complete exhaustion with 
the twist that is put on things that we're all aware of in recent years, certainly politically, not least politically, and all of this noise, this noise on social media and on the internet, again, has been a cause of the effect of private members' communities. They like, and I've said this, it doesn't get out well with church people, because they think I'm starting my own church. And I ain't doing that anymore. Been there, done that, got the freaking t-shirt. But what I think these private members' communities are is they're like new churches. Because as you know, many of you, the word church didn't mean a religious group of people like we have now meeting in a building. The word church in the original Greek simply meant those that are called out and called together, ecclesia. It just means, so any group that are called out of broader society and called together around a common interest and a common value and reality could be called a church. That's how the word church was used in the Greek language originally. Just because Jesus used it about his tribe doesn't mean that's the only use of the word. I know it's become that understanding in our Western use of that word. So I think in, in, in so many ways, these private members' communities are becoming the new online churches. I know a lot of churches, you know, religious groups, faith-based churches, are very threatened by that. But I tell you, in the pandemic, a lot of these have emerged more than ever before, and that genie is out of the lamp, and it will not go back in. So we better get with the program. And that's really why I am doing what I am doing now in moving to my own private members community, if you like, having defined that for you guys, in the mentorship group. All my postings to date have been about this. And today, of course, is the launch of it. The doors open to my new home today. This is the housewarming. Thanks for coming and arriving sober, most of you, I think. And those that are not on camera, I don't know the question, but they're the clubhouse people that don't want to be seen because they've got a little uh, glass in their hand. But you could, you know, in this community, you can come as you are. That's a base foundation level and come as you are. I know people say come as you are. Churches say come as you are. But I tell you something, they don't mean it. Because <laughs> when you come as you are, it scares the hell out of them. But I do mean it, come as you are. So just to give you a little bit of... Um, background on the mentorship group that I'm going to throw to Hannah in a minute for a little bit more info for us all. I started my current mentorship group about 18 months ago, and it was launched specific, specifically for people, many of whom are on here with me. It's lovely to see my mentorship group tribe on here that I'm looking at now. Um, amongst you all are members already of my mentorship group in the form it existed, it's existed in for 18 months, which has been an annual subscription basis. And with that group of people for 18 months now, once a month and now twice a month, starting from next Monday, I do an hour again at 10 and four for both sides of the world for my group. I do an hour where I teach and then we have live Q&A like we're doing now, you're all on here. I do a teaching and then we do a chat and a live conversation Q&A about what we're talking about. That has been going now for 18 months 
with, and it's a subscription base, it's a paid subscription base for 12 months. Rather than me reinvent the wheel with this idea I've got today that I'm sharing with you and find a different name, Hannah and I were talking about this for a while. Why don't we just use the same name, the mentorship group, explain to the current members of the existing one, which I did privately with them all recently, explain to them all, we're going to use this name and we're going to widen our doors, if you like, to invite everyone in, but not to the, not to the level they're in. The people that are currently in the mentorship group, it's now called Mentorship Plus, we'll, Hannah, we'll explain in a moment, because we had to invent that term to separate them out from this free entry that we're giving to everyone. And this higher level of involvement with me, Mentorship Plus, is, of course, an option to you all. If you want to know more about that, Hannah will say a bit about that in a moment. But we're not here today trying to sell anything. But while we have you here um, and we can talk about it, I'd rather we you hear it from the horse's mouth than try and figure out what we're saying in some text online, which is there too. So what we're wanting to do, what I'm wanting to do is I am going to, to a large degree, disappear from social media. I've been warning people, and they're going to find out from today, I ain't going to be there much. I'm going to be posting far less, and my posts on social media will be more generic. I'm not going to be pouring my most progressive, intentional, thoughtful, careful postings and thoughts and ideas into, for me, over 100,000 people on social media that follow me. I don't know how many of them even care about what I post. Um, I don't know how many of them my voice matters to, or I'm just a scroll by guy. Many of them, as I've said on social media, come for content. I get that. But I think people stay for community. They look for content, but they stay for community. And I want to look for those that want to stay with me. When I was pastoring in the church, and I've posted in this analogy recently, this metaphor, I knew that there was a crowd of thousands of people attending our church. But I knew amongst that crowd were a core of people that were the backbone of everything that we did. And I constantly wanted to find out who were those people and who were becoming those people. And so I've come to that now with the crowd on social media. I'm looking for who are the core people that to whom my voice really matters. I think it's a stage of life for me, guys. I don't know if you can understand this. I'm moving much more into legacy in my life, to fathering, to mentoring, and to having that kind of input. And I don't want to do that with people that don't care. I want to pour myself out in these years I have left in my life. I'm 64 now. This is the best version of me, by the way, I've ever been. Don't think you missed out on the best me. This is it. You are going to join me at the best version of me I have ever been. I promise you that. The work I have done in my life, especially the last 20 years, guys, my mentorship group know this because we talk about this a lot. You are, this opportunity is coming at the best version of me, the most conscious, self-aware version of me I have ever, ever been. That's why I'm thrilled to be doing it now. So inviting you to move with me, I couldn't be more confident in the timing of it 
because of the version of me that's inviting you to do that. So if my voice has muttered to you consistently now, I think, I think that's what I'm saying, not on odd content that I posted that you liked. I think if my content at all has consistently been helpful to you, I think that's the word I want to major on, then you are my tribe. Any voice that consistently has been helpful to you, has even shaped your life, has even been a lifesaver to you, you are a tribe to that voice, whoever it is. And you should buy their books and follow them on podcasts and attend their events is what I think people don't realize they should do. But when someone is helpful to you consistently, then what you're realizing is, or you're not realizing, this is not a passing voice in my life. This voice is a keeper. This is the voice that consistently seems to give the language of my life I cannot find for myself. These are keepers. So if my voice at all is that to you, then I'm inviting you to migrate with me to my new community called the Mentorship Group. It's free. Let me say that again. We get asked still consistently. It's free. People can't believe it's free. It's free. Now, the higher levels that you can involve in if you want, the higher levels of those are not free. That's the Mentorship Plus Group. But there are, I'm going to tell you now, Hannah will come in a minute. I'm just telling you now, at the base level, and that word base isn't derogatory. You know, finding language for this is a nightmare, guys. You know, do we call it gold, silver, platinum, bronze? What do we call it? <laughs> base level is just the free entry level that we try to find language for, for all of you to dive in and join us in this new community. And there is so much stuff we've already put there for you all. Every single day from now on, I will be posting there. I won't be doing that every day on social media. But on here, in the mentorship group, it will be daily posting from me. This is the thing I'm finding. Once I've decided to create the community with my core people, I am becoming a different version of me in this space. Because I suddenly feel this matters to these people. I know it's mattered to you already in the social media feed, but I don't know who you are. You're in there somewhere. But now I know everybody in this new community, it matters to you to be there. Nobody's going to drift into this community because we're going to ask all of you to do a bit of form filling in. I hate that term, even though what it, you know, that language, but it's a little bit of, um, it's a few minutes of you answering a few questions, reading the code of conduct on there, when you get into that community, because we want good neighbors on there, we don't want, you know, to have neighborhood watch from day one because the crooks moved in. <laughs> don't want the tone of the neighborhood lowered. We say, come as you are, but we don't mean the vandals and criminals. Um, so we're asking you to do a little bit of reading and filling in a few things because we want to get to know you. And listen, if what I just said in that little bit of, you know, filling in a form online puts you off, you are not my tribe. It's kind of bare minimum stuff, but it means that there's a little bit of a filter between you and moving house. It's a little bit of work you have to do, and I like that. I like that you have to be intentional enough to do that and fill that little bit of paperwork in so we can get to know you and then enter into the new community with us. So don't be put off by that. I think it's a great little um, buffer between us and people that are interested who find that too exhausting, but well, you're not who we're looking for then.
if you've been with me for any length of time, and these four areas, these four um, truths and pillars, if you like, that have been fascinating to me for a long time are going to be forming the framework of where I pour myself in this new community. And they are communication, because as you know, that's been a huge passion of my life and many of yours too, for a long time now. Communication, leadership, again, a huge passion of my life. And I think with leadership, well, all these things, but certainly with leadership, I'm so aware of even my daily upgrading of my thinking on that and the use of that word around the world. And I need to stay present in our awareness of these definitions because again, there are so many realities out there about that word. So leadership will be something I will be, of course, keep focusing on with you all. Then spirituality is the third area. Um, I'm using that word because I've realized that we are, guys, we are, we are in a spiritually minded world. We're not in a religious world or a faith-based world. That's the old days. I know the church aren't getting that memo, by the way. People want to be spiritual. They do not want religion. Religion is organized spirituality. Religion is controlled spirituality, and people do not want that. So I'll be speaking about spirituality um, that includes religion and includes faith-based things. And I'll be speaking finally um, about... Self-education. Uh, self-education, I've called it before self-improvement, um, self-development, personal development, but self-education, I like this term because um, the education you do for yourself is the most important, is what I think I've come to realize. You are your own best, most important educator. So self-education, I'm not here to be your guru. I'm here to empower you, to give away what I know. I'm here to um, uh, help you find what's in your heart, get out what's in you. And I want you to self-educate. That's what I've done all my life. And I know many of you are committed to that anyway. I wouldn't be here. So those four things will form the content that I'm going to speak about. Communication, leadership, spirituality, self-education. Yeah, it's going to be great. And there's tons of stuff up there already. As I said, once you access the community, you're going to see everything Hannah's put up there. Hannah's done all of this work in recent weeks. And so you'll see everything that's already there waiting for you, as well as the invitation, if you want, to new levels of involvement, as I say, uh, starting from Monday with the mentorship group as they existed prior, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, private members' communities often are unknown beyond the people in it. If you know anyone, um, just was them a text or an email or whatever, and say, hey, are you aware that Paul's doing this? Or maybe they don't know about me, and you think that this will be helpful to them. It's free, and, and you can be as involved or not as you all want to be, of course. Um, so help us get the word out, too. I'm so aware that you know people like us that are a bit fed up with social media, and uh, but do want community, but don't know where to find it. And maybe this could be a home for them. So just get the word out to people that you feel that might be of value to as well that would be great would appreciate yeah. it.